Welcome to Engineering Misjudgment with me, Shannon. I have a degree in chemical engineering and work as a risk consultant engineer. Eventually, I will tell you more about me, but today is not that day. Today, our topic is the Three Mile Island Accident. So this episode is about a week and a half late based on the ambitious schedule I set for myself. I'm trying to be responsible and get ahead on some episode ideas, but there are TikTok videos to watch. I love doing literature reviews for episodes, but I have a tendency to forget I like doing it until I sit down to do it. This was also a really hard episode to stop researching. I've been interested in public perception of nuclear energy for a while. Hobbies are hard. Okay, all right, let's get started with things you should know. All right, so the thing that you should know about this week is nuclear energy. All energy plants are conversions from a fuel to a heat energy, most of the time in the form of steam. The heat from the steam is used to physically turn a turbine. A turbine is like a wheel. The generator converts the mechanical energy from the turbine, which is like a wheel, to electrical energy that we can use to power our stuff. The main two nuclear actions generally is fission and fusion. Fission is splitting atoms and fusion is pushing atoms together. In nuclear energy, fission is what's mostly used even though there is research looking to see if we can make nuclear energy from fusion. The energy from the broken bonds in fission is used to heat water and make steam. Nuclear power plants are most of the time near bodies of water because the water is needed for cooling. That's not really unique to nuclear power plants. So let's not bring in the whole quote unquote, the fish are being harmed by the hot water argument. It's really just not relevant here. In nuclear power plants, the fuel is nuclear fuel in fuel rods. That fuel is uranium. The uranium atom has a great number of particles, making uranium a good fuel. The nuclear reactor we're talking about today is pressurized water reactor, or a PWR. The core of the reactor, where the fuel is, creates the heat, and pressurized water moves through the heat generators and turbines. Nuclear plants have a couple different sections. The most iconic part of any power plant to most people is the cooling tower. The cooling tower has a kind of a cylinder, cylindrical shape with a narrow middle and a wide top and bottom. AKA, it's the body shape that most of us want nowadays. And you know what? Me too. Me too. I want to look like that. Yeah, I want to look like a cooling tower. Anyway, (laughs) cooling towers have clouds coming from them, just like the clouds in the sky it's not smoke it's just water okay anyway the next part of the nuclear power plant is actually the non-nuclear part which is usually a plain square building that holds the turbine then there is the reactor containment building which is usually a dome shape this shape is used to contain pressure The containment building has all the higher pressure operations for the nuclear power plant. 
Hot take, nuclear energy is not a renewable or clean source of power based on how much waste it produces, but it is a firm, low-carbon source of power. Firm sources of power are technologies that can supply electricity reliably, on demand, and sustain that output for weeks or months at a time. Other firm sources of power include geothermal, types of biomass, and carbon capture. Carbon capture is interesting because it gives the opportunity to use fossil fuels, but take back the carbon that is released. Basically, carbon capture does what trees and plants do, but it does it better. Every time I read a paper on it, I just don't believe it's real, but the research continues. Right now, the firm source of power we have are coal, natural gas, and general fossil fuels. That's not good for when trying to have energy with low to no carbon dioxide emissions, which contributes to climate change. I love new shiny solar wind energy like everyone else, but another hot take, we don't have the batteries to store the power and our energy grid sucks. The cost of batteries is decreasing, so that's good, but we can't rely on cool renewables alone just yet because they can't cost-effectively provide firm, on-demand power. So on top of the complexity of nuclear energy and when to use it and when it's appropriate, men and their wars also help to ruin the image of nuclear power. Nuclear bombs also use nuclear fission. I saw a tweet once where a person said they couldn't imagine something serious enough to go to war over, and honestly, same. But then again, I can't imagine going to war for something. But the part that I cannot imagine is sending others to fight my war. That is, that's lame. That's weird to me. Like, if you need backup, that can be arranged, like preparing for any fight. But sending others and not also throwing a punch yourself could not be me. My personal opinion on nuclear energy is that we need it. If you care at all about the ongoing climate disaster, nuclear energy is going to be an important part of that. Now, is it going to fix everything? Absolutely not, but it's definitely better than fossil fuels. Why? Fossil fuels have been causing cancer and disasters for years and covering it up, and they shouldn't get a pass for that. Nuclear has risks, but in an energy mix that will slow the impacts of climate change, it has its place. A huge problem, too, with nuclear energy is that all of the nuclear power plants are very old. Just like the rest of the infrastructure in the United States, new nuclear power plants are just not being built often. Commissioning and permitting for new plants is a long process through the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, also known as the NRC, and lots of companies go bankrupt before getting approved. The estimated time it takes to build a nuclear plant is about 7 to 10 years, from what I remember when I used to research this more for projects in school. This starts with an application to the NRC to build, then it goes through multiple reviews and studies. After that, the location could then start getting materials needed and building, which it, of course takes added years. For example, VC Summer Nuclear Plant, which is near kind of where I grew up, 
applied in March 2008 for that NRC process and did not get final commissioning documents until March 2012. There are four generations of nuclear power plant designs, and most of the nuclear power we have in the U.S. are Generation 2. The United States kind of settled on a basic design around the 1950s, and although it has been refined, no new major advancements have been applied to civilian nuclear power over a half century. Crucial to the development of large nuclear economy, new designs that use less fuel and produce less waste are needed and more research needs to go into that and developing that. The power generation community has a good working knowledge of nuclear energy that wouldn't require a huge jump in training for those already working in the energy sector. One of the reasons why I think that is in my undergraduate experience getting a chemical engineering degree, nuclear energy was within the core of what I learned and half of the clean energy classes you can take as a concentration or minor is about nuclear energy. So I'm pretty confident that current engineers graduating um, can do nuclear safety. And even after researching more about Three Mile Island, I'm actually more confident in that belief um, based on the response of what happened. March 28th, 1979, at the Three Mile Island Nuclear Generating Station, the United States experienced the most serious accident in commercial nuclear power plant operating history. There was no big boom, no death, and no known lasting impacts. But this accident shows up everywhere as an example of the dangers of nuclear power. Why? Before we get to the why, and before we get to what happened, let's talk about the location and the owners of the facility. The Three Mile Island Nuclear Generating Station is located in South Central Pennsylvania. It is on a sand barge in the Susquehanna River. The plant is three miles south of Middleton, Pennsylvania. The lovely website for Middleton also says that the town is south of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and the oldest community in Dauphin County. The plant was built by General Public Utilities Corporation which included utility companies for New Jersey and Pennsylvania. The utility company under General Public Utilities Corporation, responsible for Three Mile Island Generating Station, was Metropolitan Edison, also known as MedEd, which handled the power needs for eastern and south-central Pennsylvania. The plant has two units, TMI, or Three Mile Island 1, and TMI-2. The only difference between the two reactors is the amount of electricity produced. The accident happened with TMI-2. Let's get into the incident. A significant portion of this information is from the U.S. NRC backgrounder completed by the NRC's Office of Public Affairs. 4 a.m. March 28, 1979, the plant experienced a failure in the secondary non-nuclear section of the plant. Remember, this part of the plant was just the turbine and no nuclear material. The failure caused the feedwater pumps, 
to the steam generator to not get the water needed for general operations. Since the steam generator didn't have enough cooling water, the generator was unable to remove heat from the main reactor core. Because of this upset condition, the turbine for the facility stopped and the reactor itself had also automatically shut down. Because of the abnormal conditions, the pressure in the reactor and the reactor piping increased. This increase in pressure led to a relief valve opening. This relief valve is actually called a pilot-operated relief valve. If I paid attention more in my controls class in college, I would have an easier time explaining the difference between direct pressure relief valves and pilot valves. It has to do with the operation, but that's about all I know. Listen, I took controls my last semester of college. It was like a 9 a.m., I think. The professor was always late for most days, too, so it is what it is. I have the textbook if I still need to use it to do my job. It's fine. Anyway, the valve that opened kind of understood the assignment, but it didn't finish the job. The valve opened, but it didn't close. It got stuck. The control room had no indication that the valve was stuck open, but the control room was getting alarms. The panic that I would have had if I was the controls engineer or technician, knowing something is wrong, but not knowing what at a nuclear plant. So insane. So crazy. The open valve was releasing cooling water that had converted to steam because it was so hot. The operator started to check other instruments to figure out what was going on. Again, this is directly from the inner sea. During normal operations, the large pressure vessel that held the reactor core was always filled to the top with water, so there was no need for the water level instrument to show whether the water in the vessel covered the core. As a result, plant staff assume that as long as the instruments showed that the pressurizer water level was high enough, the core was properly covered with water too. That was not the case. So if you are an engineer, you're probably wondering why there wasn't a level reader in the core with it arguably being the most important part of the power plant. In my opinion and others, including the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, I don't think the emission of a water level for the reactor was done out of negligence or poor design. When you're running an operation or experiment, you might engineer to get the most useful readings. So if you can use one measurement to calculate other conditions, it saves money and confusion just to measure something like pressure or temperature. Or getting a reading in one area and using it to make assumptions about the rest of the system is done a lot. And this is what was done here. Part of doing any engineering problem is defining your assumptions and then solving it. Sometimes, if you're lucky, you get to come back and test those assumptions and confirm those concepts, but that is pretty rare. Most of that is left for academics who have lots of time and lots of grant money. The valve is still open and the staff says, okay, let's try some stuff out. Unfortunately, these actions reduce the coolant, in this case water, around the reactor core. The system pressure was too low to trigger the emergency cooling systems. 
Because the valve was still open, the operators just couldn't get cooling water to the correct place and the core overheats. Finally, the staff was able to isolate the open valve, but now the system is filled with pressurized steam, which blocks the water from going to where it needs to be to cool. This confusion happens over two hours. Now they need to figure out how to get cooling water into the system. The World Nuclear Association reports by 8 p.m. March 28th, they have restored forced cooling of the reactor core when they were able to restart one reactor coolant pump. They had condensed steam so the pump could run without severe vibrations. In the following days, the plant was not in the clear. When the reactor core overheated, hydrogen gas was produced. And when we're talking about the same, the high, when we're talking about hydrogen, we're talking about the same hydrogen involved that makes nuclear weapons work and create the unfortunate iconic mushroom cloud. I think nuclear weapons use fission and fusion, but honestly, I do not care to show full competence of that because the military industrial complex might hear me. Exclude me from that narrative, please. So the NRC later indicated the hydrogen wouldn't have created an explosion because of the lack of oxygen. And this hydrogen discussion is key to the after. So let's talk about the after. Immediately after this accident, the politicians and activists were out. The residents nearby seemed to be caught in the middle. The response by local, state, and national officials had been so alarming and confusing that the public didn't know what to think. This happened in 1979. So there are lots of videos about the Three Mile Island accident that have firsthand accounts from TMI employees and politicians who are still in office, like who are still elected officials. And Green New Deal sponsor Ed Markey had a lot to say during this time and was very anti-nuclear. And that ended up being very detrimental to nuclear energy's reputation. And I'm still a little bit bitter about that. On top of the activists and politicians who were out making statements, adding to confusion, this was supposed to be like the golden age for news when people still trusted big news organizations. With people like Walter Cronkite doing big coverage on this, so much of it is still so cringe. In the first two hours of the alarms and partial meltdown, local and state officials were not alerted. They weren't contacted until 7 a.m. So local officials get the call finally and start responding like it's an emergency with evacuations. But then the plant communicator was like, oh, well, JK, it's fine. The day after the partial meltdown occurred, a official from the NRC told the public that the danger had passed, but local officials were not told this. Then they had the hydrogen to deal with, so was it fine? No one could agree. People are losing trust every time someone comes out to talk. From history, what residents may not have realized was that there were no evacuation plans. Plans to evacuate nearby residents were made during the TMI accident, noted the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA in a 1980 report on the disaster. 
As conflicting reports continued to circulate, local agencies made reactive plans they had no idea if they would have to carry out. Three Mile Island Management Metropolitan Edison was messing up everything with these awful press conferences. AP reports on the day of the accident, Met Ed Vice President Jack Herbin told reporters, it doesn't look like a very serious accident at this point. There is absolutely no danger of a meltdown, said Met Ed spokesperson Dave Kolsak. We are not a China Syndrome situation. China Syndrome was a movie that came out 12 days before the accident in 1979 about a fictional result of a nuclear meltdown where the reactor components melt through the building structure into the underlying earth, quote unquote, all the way to China. This was so inconvenient for Three Mile Island and the whole accident. It was not ideal. So this next thing might be the most bullshit thing that you've heard in a little bit. So Power Magazine reports Jack Herbin, the Metropolitan Edison Engineering Vice President, who managed the accident, was asked why he so consistently ignored the advice of his public relations specialist, Blaine Fabian. Risk communication hadn't been invented yet. Herbin told the magazine, PR isn't a real field. It's not like engineering. Anyone can do it. And this, my friends, is still an opinion held by a lot of engineers working in the field. Yes, it's easy to build a superiority complex when you are legit playing with fire for a living, but this is ridiculous. The humanity slander is out of control. But I will say the oil and gas industry has some of the best communicators on staff ready to make up phrases to downplay issues. So this is not a true belief across all engineering fields. They at the time would have never made a mistake like this. I just don't believe that. Through all this confusion, my mom's favorite president, Jimmy Carter, sends Harold Denton to organize. Denton was a nuclear safety expert from the NRC I just imagined him showing up and being like, okay, my dudes, let's get our stories together. Jimmy Carter, again, my mom's favorite president, thought Denton was doing good, but he was seeing Cronkite speaking of the horror that could get much worse. Carter was like, I got to go support the people. April 1st, he paid a visit to Three Mile Island. The photos are iconic. I'm fully convinced that this visit only happened because Jimmy Carter, the peanut farmer, is also a trained nuclear engineer. This is also my main argument for why we should elect more people with regular jobs. The decision of Carter to go to Three Mile Island also seems like Libra behavior. It's Libra season. I'm a Libra. But finally coming to a decision and it being the one where you get to take cool pictures and talk to people most impacted to weigh all the options. Yeah, that feels like a Libra's dream. People in astrology, let me know what you think about all this. I have limited knowledge. All my knowledge for astrology comes from TikTok. And half of that is mostly just the drama between all the self-identified astrologers. So 
yeah, let me know your opinions on that if you're into astrology and know more about how Libras behave. Because Jimmy Carter is giving Libra in multiple positions or aspects or whatever they're called. Eventually, the evacuations are lifted and the plant is operating until it can get to a good stopping point. You can't just shut down a nuclear reactor. Like I said before, the reactor is controlled chaos. In late April, a shutdown was completed for TMI-2, and all the regulating bodies could now figure out how much of the reactor melted. The melting was significant. The TMI-2 unit was not restarted. Cleanup and sampling started through multiple government bodies. State Impact Pennsylvania indicated research over the past 40 years concluded only a small amount of radiation escaped into the atmosphere and didn't result in any death or injuries due to the accident. There was one study by Penn State Hershey that indicated there was an impact, but not a change in frequency of cancers, but a change in the signal that doctors look for. Even the doctor heading the study doubts that there is ongoing radiation. I am sympathetic to the residents near the Three Mile Island who think that they are experiencing lasting impacts, but at this time, there isn't enough info to support their claims. There were a number of organizations not associated with the nuclear power plant looking for issues and nothing came of it. TMI-2, after shutdown in 1979, was not restarted and the fuel was slowly removed. TMI-1 operated until 2019. Now that both units are shut, the whole site can start the decommissioning process. The decommissioning part of nuclear is also long and slow. This is a major point of why we maybe shouldn't do nuclear as a full fix for our energy needs. After TMI, nuclear was not the it girl. In the late 2000s, nuclear power seemed to have a small political revival, for better or worse. It was at least in the public conversation. Then in 2011, the Fukushima nuclear disaster happened, which I hope to talk about in a future episode. This may not seem related, but Fukushima now had everyone thinking that nuclear was too dangerous yet again. So what was the engineering misjudgment here? In my opinion, and frankly in the opinions of a lot of people I saw talking about Three Mile Island and writing about Three Mile Island, nothing catastrophic went wrong. That might be bad for my podcast brand, but a lot went wrong with the engineering and crisis communication. Internal communication is questionable, but not uncommon. Sure, there were memos from other plants about operating issues, but through my literature review, I didn't find an overwhelming amount of previous failures like Bhopal. This included lost instructions that may have been addressed to the wrong people and didn't reach the operators. This issue is very common. Business communication can be very slow to reach the people who need it. There were and still are a lot of ifs and public outcries, but engineers and technicians did it right. There was even a nuclear engineer as a president of the United States at the time and Jimmy Carter. You would think the communication and spin would be crystal clear, but no, 
it wasn't because sometimes engineers fail to understand that you have to explain. All that show your work has not really translated over to the idea that when you are talking to the public, even the quote unquote educated East Coast elite journalists, if you don't bring authenticity and truth, you lose. With effective communication, we could be like France, where most of their energy, almost 70%, comes from nuclear energy while we're shutting them down. There's a great Vox video on a specific plant shutdown outside of New York City in the sources you all should take some time to go watch. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission made changes even though there wasn't a full meltdown at Three Mile Island. From their educational video on the accident, the NRC implemented new plant design, human performance standards, fitness duty programs, incident response staffing, emergency planning, and resident inspector program. All right, so this is the last of three episodes that made me want to start this podcast. Next week is my birthday, and I'll be somewhere drunk in New England next week when I'm supposed to post, but I'm going to try to use some of my off time from my actual job to research more stories and get a new podcast out to y'all. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at ENG underscore misjudgment for photos and send a DM if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Thank you so, so much for listening. Dumb Spiro Sparrow. Bye.